This episode is brought to you by Paramount Plus. An unlikely friendship begins in the Paramount Plus original movie, Little Wing, starring Brooklyn Prince with Kelly Riley and Brian Cox. Reeling from her parents' divorce, Caitlin steals a valuable bird to save her home, but instead forms a bond with the owner, leading to a new outlook on life. Little Wing, now streaming exclusively on Paramount Plus. Head to ParamountPlus.com to try it free. Rated PG 13. This episode is brought to you by Paramount Plus. Get in, loser! Mean Girls is now streaming on Paramount Plus. Join Katie Heron as she meets the plastics and Tina Fey's new twist on the modern classic. Get ready for more of the rumors, backstabbing, and jokes you loved from the original movie with some fetch surprises. Rated PG 13. Wear pink and head to ParamountPlus.com to try it free. Hello, my queens. Welcome back to another episode of Here for the Crock with me, Emma Neal. How are we all? I hope you're all doing well. We skipped a week last week, unfortunately. I had a long weekend back home in Belfast. It was so nice. I honestly, I don't think I did that much. It was just a nice weekend to rest. And I don't know, I feel like I was gonna, I was about to say there, I feel like I don't properly rest in my uni house because I feel like I always need to be up and out. But that's literally the biggest lie I've ever told because I've never slept better than in my uni house. So, I don't know. I feel like at home is just like the ultimate relaxation, do you know? Like, I get a bath, I lie in, I chill on the sofa with my dogs. Like, I don't really sit on my sofa and watch TV in my uni house, do you know what I mean? There's just something weird about it to me. Whereas at home, I just, yeah, I could lie in it all day. My mum rang me and was like, what do you want me to get for dinner? And literally every time I come home, I'm just like, honestly, anything from Marks and Spencer's. <laughs> it's such a luxury, isn't it? Being a student and not shopping in Marks and Spencer's and then coming home to a nice plant kitchen M&S vegan chicken Kiev. Oh my God. There's actually nothing better. And like loads of vegetables and stuff. I mean, obviously I normally eat vegetables, but you can't buy that much because you're only cooking for one person. So you only buy a little amount of veg and then you just have to use that one or two for the re- for the whole week. Whereas at home, there's just an unlimited supply of nice vegetables in the fridge. Why am I literally granny talking about sleeping and eating vegetables? Can I not? I'm fuming. I literally just hopped on my bed to start recording this in... I was wearing my pyjamas, right? And then I've started recording little clips of this recently to upload to TikTok as like a little promo type of video so I was like right I can't really be sitting in my pajamas for filming any of it so I just threw on like a comfy pair of linen trousers jumped in the bed and ripped the fucking crotch I'm actually fuming like I don't want to talk about it what else did I get up to at home I went we went oh my god we went out for an Indian so good I love get going out for Indian and just ordering everything for the middle I hate when you go out with people that don't like doing that and that they just want their own meal. It actually winds me up so much. So yeah, went and got an Indian, shared so much. And then we walked from there to the Ulster game on Friday night. That was fun. I also walked up Cave Hill with one of my doggies and I had a bath, a two-hour bath. That that doesn't really count as something that I can tell that I did, but I'm just telling you anyway because it was absolutely glorious. I went and got a bath bomb from Lush. Shout out to Ryan from Lush. He was so nice and he had the coolest pink hair I've ever seen. 
and yeah he helped me and my mum get a lush bath bomb and he even threw me in a wee free bubble bath thing he was such a babe anyway yeah i'm back in leeds got back on tuesday i genuinely feel like i live a double life going home and coming back like they're just two polar opposite worlds do you know (laughs) and i don't do anything regarding uni when i'm at home i don't know i just feel like they're two complete parallel universes I obviously do love going home, but I feel like I don't have a purpose when I go home. Does anyone else get that? Like, I obviously love going home to see my family and to see my dogs and my boyfriends there. Like, I I do, and I love Belfast. I do think it's, I don't think it's a great city, but it's home, so it is to me. And, like, I love all the food spots and the cafes and everything. And the walks, actually. The walks in Belfast are very good. But... I just can't help but feel like I just have no purpose when I'm there, do you know? Like, I just wake up in the morning and I'm like, oh, (laughs) how am I going to fill my day today? Like, go to the gym, maybe take the dogs on a walk. I don't know, I I cook dinner and then I'm just like, okay, my day's over. Like, it's good to just go back for a weekend, but I don't know if I can do much longer. Although I will be home for like two weeks at Easter, but I'm really, really going to try and get in the habit of like going to a library maybe, or like a cafe where I can work all day. Although I don't really know any cafes in Belfast that let you do that because there's so many in Leeds, but I've never had to do that in Belfast. So if you have, if anyone listening to this is from Belfast and knows of any cafes that are sweet with you just sitting in there all day and working and don't like make you constantly buy stuff. I mean, obviously I'll buy like two coffees, but yeah, that are chill with you just staying all day. Please let me know. Anyway... This week's episode, I thought I would do a little ode to International Women's Day. I don't know if ode makes sense in that. Is it ode? Does that? I don't know. Does that work? (laughs) Am I making sense? An ode to International Women's Day? Okay, scrap that. That doesn't make sense at all. Apparently an ode is a short poem that praises an individual or is like a tribute to an individual. So that's not what I'm trying to say. Anyway, I just wanted to do a little podcast in celebration, let's say, of International Women's Day. I did one last year where I talked about... What did I talk about? I think I talked about... Oh, I talked about how far we've come. So things that have changed in the law, you know, over the years and how far we've come as women. And then I also talked about how we still need feminism to like there's still so many more things that we need gender equality on and that hasn't been reached yet and I talked about that because I think a lot of people just think that you know gender equality has been reached and we don't have anything else to work for and feminism is just like is being over the top or too preachy or whatever Um, But that's not the case. There still are a lot of things to work towards and still a lot of things that we as women need to demand. So yeah, if you want to listen, if you haven't listened to that one and you want to hear what I had to say about all of that, definitely check that one out. It was, it was a good one. So I thought for this year's International Women's Day podcast, I'd do something a bit different. So I'm going to talk about just some iconic women of of 2021, but also just iconic women in general, I guess. it doesn't It doesn't necessarily have to be just 2021. And also some great things that have happened within the last year in terms of gender equality. So just like bills that have been passed, events that have happened, stuff like that. 
because it's super important to celebrate these things, no matter how, not trivial, because none of them are trivial, but no matter how obvious it seems that it should be that way, if you know what I mean. Yeah, we just have to acknowledge and celebrate them because they're all a step in the right direction. I was actually going to talk about all the different waves of feminism because I did an essay last term about feminism and fashion. Why am I getting nasally? Yeah, I did an essay last term about... I'm not going to read out the the question because it's long as fuck, but yeah, basically about feminism and fast fashion. It was very interesting and I covered a lot of theory, feminism, feminist theory, sorry, uh, and about all the different waves and the critiques of the different waves. I was going to go over that, but I think I'll save that for another podcast. I think it's better for International Women's Day to talk more positively about it and yeah, just to celebrate everything that I'm going to talk about. I actually saw this really good post on LinkedIn the other day. I can't believe I'm a LinkedIn user. Like, I actually can't believe I just said that. <laughs> Ew, I never thought the day would come. Um, It's actually a really funny platform. It's a bit of a guilty pleasure, to be honest. Like, if I'm sitting in uni procrastinating, I'm like, oh, I'll just go on LinkedIn for a while here. <laughs> oh, I hate myself. <laughs> but it, it, there's some good stuff on there. Anyway, I never thought the day would come that I would be calling myself a LinkedIn user. But here we are. I actually do want to start posting on it properly because I feel like I need to start celebrating stuff to do with like the podcasts and things on LinkedIn. I don't know. I don't know if that and being a bit far-fetched. Anyway, this girl, Leah Turner, I don't know who she is. She just came up on my thing. Someone I follow must have liked her post. And it said, your mum, wife, girlfriend, sister, slash female colleague doesn't need a heartfelt post on social media for International Women's Day. We need a pledge from the men in our lives that you will stand up for us when you encounter misogyny, that you will call it out when you see sexism happening. We do not need gratitude. We need allies. We do not need your words. We need your actions. For International Women's Day 2022, promise to help us make a safe, better future for women. That's what we truly want. And I just thought it was so good. And it was short, but very well worded and to the point. There are so many corporations and clothing brands and even just like fast food chains, literally just any type of business, then also just people you know and stuff, posting stuff about International Women's Day and almost like capitalising off of it. But it's like, what are you actually doing? Do you know what I mean? Like one post for International Women's Day celebrating the women that work for you but then not actually doing anything to make sure that they're getting paid the same as the males or that or that you've got like a well-balanced team in the first place you know like it's all well and good saying that your female workers are paid the same as your males but if they make up one percent of your team what is that really saying so yeah people love to capitalize off stuff like this i put it in the calendar as a date to post something about International Women's Day, something heartfelt, and then they're not really doing anything for it. It sickens me. (laughs) It's like greenwashing. It's literally like greenwashing, but in the form of feminism. If anyone doesn't know what greenwashing is, it's when people like Primark do a sustainable campaign and try and promote themselves as sustainable. Like, we all know Primark is not sustainable. (laughs) That's not happening and it never will happen. 
So yeah, what should we call it? Femme washing? Femme, femme, <laughs> what am I saying? <laughs> yeah, femme washing, that sounds like, it sounds like a period product or something. Femme washing, <laughs> no. Maybe there is a word for it and I just don't know it. Right, let's talk about some iconic women. First up, Vice President Kamala Harris. First woman to serve as Vice President in the United States. Got that last January in 2021. So I know that was kind of before last International Women's Day, but still a huge win. Then in March... I'm not going to make an arse of myself and try and pronounce this name. But in March, someone became the first woman and first African to lead the World Trade Organization since it was founded in 1995. Oh my god, I loved this one when I was reading this. So at 82 years old, Wally Funk... Oh sorry, how cool is that name, can we just say? So at 82 years old, Wally Funk became the oldest person to fly to space when she joined Jeff Bezos on his Blue Origin rocket in July 20. Like, sorry, pop off, Wally Funk. Imagine being 82 years old and just flying to space with Jeff Bezos. Go ahead. Like, actually, go ahead. (laughs) What an absolute legend. Okay, next one, very relevant to just today. (laughs) Thanks to COVID. Catherine Janssen, Head of Vaccine Research and Development for Pfizer led a team of 650 experts to develop a successful vaccine against COVID-19. Come on, pop off, Katherine Jensen. Next, we're going to talk about Greta Thunberg. The one, the only. Everybody knows this bitch's name. If you don't know, you've been living under a rock for the last five years. She is a climate activist, literally started being an activist at the age of I don't even know, like, what, 13 or something? Ridiculously young. And, yeah, she started a worldwide movement for climate change. It said in the article that I read about this that she's undoubtedly one of the most powerful female forces in the world today. For someone to be so aware and so passionate about climate change at such a young age is insane and is so inspiring. She's a breath of fresh air. She's so cutthroat and I absolutely love it. That speech she did at the United Nations thing when she travelled by boat to America to be able to speak at it was insane. Like it was actually insane. I had chills down my spine watching it. If you haven't watched it, I urge you to watch it. I think it's called How Dare You or something. Yeah, I'm pretty sure it's called How Dare You. And she's basically just saying like, I shouldn't be here. Like, how dare you make me be here when I should be in school? because she's literally, at the time, I think she was like 16, 17, and she was having to speak at the United Nations to all the world leaders to tell them how urgent and important it is that they act on climate change. She is a living legend. I'm sure there is a lot more to come from Greta Thunberg. And what I love about her so much is that she actually is just completely in it for the cause. Like, she does not care about one of the things. She's literally just wants to share her message and just make it a matter of urgency that governments act. And I think, yeah, I just think she's incredible. Next up is Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez, also known as AOC. This woman is a fucking legend. Sorry, I keep calling everyone legends, but come on, they all are. AOC, if you don't know who she is, 
I'm not 100% sure she's still a congresswoman. Con- congress? Do you say congresswoman? Or does it, is it just always congressman? I don't know. Anyway, what? It, she's in American politics. You should follow her on Instagram if you don't. She's, she's very good on Instagram and on Twitter. Um, she always has a lot to say about current politics in the US. She really stands for action against climate change. She is the co-author of the Green New Deal after Trump, like, didn't he just scrap it or something? I'm pretty sure he just, didn't he, like, unsign? I, I'm really out of my depth here talking about politics, to be honest with you, because I'm a bit brain dead when it comes to it. But I swear there is some agreement, and when Trump was president, he, like, opted out of the agreement, and it's working towards action against climate change. I could be wrong. Anyway, yeah, she... <laughs> she is a big fighter for that and she's just a very inspirational woman I love I literally love everything she has to say she is of I think Latino heritage I watched a documentary about her on Netflix and it was really good it was called Knock Knock the House Down and it was about her running for her and several other people running for Congress it was very interesting Next up is the fucking queen that is Jacinda Ardern. I don't know if I'm saying that right, but she's the Prime Minister of New Zealand. I'm sure you've all seen her on the news multiple times. She became the Prime Minister only at 37 years old, so she was the youngest Prime Minister of New Zealand. Oh wait, no, maybe not the youngest. Maybe the youngest within the last while. Jacinda was really, really highly praised for her quick response to COVID. Yeah, she just locked down New Zealand so quickly. I think they literally had a nationwide lockdown for like two weeks. Okay, maybe it was more than that. I don't know. I'm literally guessing now. But <laughs> it's not good when I just start guessing things. I shouldn't do it at all because I'm just spreading misinformation. Anyway, they had an initial nationwide lockdown. Did not let anyone into the country. There was no flights in or out of it. Well, maybe out, but definitely not in. Uh, yeah, really quickly, they just were announced COVID free which is crazy. I read that only 25 people died from coronavirus in New Zealand. I don't know if that's an up-to-date figure or what, but how crazy is that? Like at one point we had 900 deaths a day, which is disgusting. Like it's terrible. Yeah, good on her. She was incredible throughout that whole thing. I remember seeing her in the news and being like, I wish we had someone like that in control of our country right now. Oh my god, does everyone remember that speech? That was, It was an Australian woman, an Australian politician, and it was that speech about sexism and misogyny. I literally know that thing off the back of my hand. I've watched that so many times. <laughs> Please tell me you know what I'm talking about. You know that, you know that speech and she's like, I will not be lit. Oh my god, my Australian accent. Wait. <laughs> No, I can't embarrass myself like that. Anyway, I'm not going to try the accent because that was about to just turn into a big shit show. But the one where she's like, I will not be lectured about sexism and misogyny by this man. I will not. And the leader of the opposition will not be lectured about sexism and misogyny by this man. (laughs) It's actually too good. If you haven't watched it, please go and watch it. Uh, Yeah, I could literally keep going. It's the end when she's like... Because if he wants to see what misogyny looks like in modern day Australia, he doesn't need a motion in the House of Commons. He needs a mirror. And everyone's like, ah! <laughs> it's literally like rap battle, but in Parliament. <laughs> it's so good. I'm going to rewatch it as soon as I finish this. 
that was an iconic moment. I don't know. I don't remember her name, but no, I do remember her name. It's like, is it Julia Goddard? Yeah, it is, isn't it? Okay, anyway, I'm going to stop talking about iconic women because I could I could go on forever, okay? So I'm going to draw the line somewhere and I'm going to move on to talking about things that have happened this year that have been, what am I trying to say? Good things that have happened this year for gender equality. So first one, the Tokyo Olympics became the most gender equal games in history. So apparently the International Olympics Committee took many steps to promote gender equality across all the events in Tokyo 2020. So yeah, there were new requirements basically for teams to have equal gender representation. 4% more female athletes participated than at the 2016 Rio de Janeiro Games. New competition categories for women were introduced and there was double the number of mixed gender events. The committee also made efforts to improve representation within the organisation itself, which is great, but it should also be kind of pointed out that women still have a lot more barriers to overcome in terms of like playing the sports and then getting onto the teams in the first place. And also just like gaps in funding, news coverage, sponsors, stuff like that. So it's great to see the committee taking steps to do that, but obviously institutionally there's a lot more to get past for women, if that makes sense. Next on the list, two US states ban child marriage. I mean, you'd think this would be a a given in 2022, wouldn't you? But in two states you could marry, legally marry, if you were 16. So yeah, children as young as 16 could obtain marriage licences with permission from a parent or guardian. Children younger than 16 could also get married if they had a family court hearing. Despite having the right to marry, children who entered these marriages could not legally file for divorce. I'm guessing more often than not, this would kind of be like arranged marriages where your parents would be giving you permission anyway. I had no idea that it was still legal up until recently that 16 year olds could get married I think that's mad but yeah thankfully that's done with in two states I didn't actually look into this to see if there are other states where this is still legal that would be interesting to find out sorry but how I can't get my head around America okay why can you get married at the age of 16 you can I swear in some states you can drive when you're 16 I know some at 17 yeah, some places you can drive, you can get a gun when you're, is it 18? And then you can't drink until you're 21. I'd make it make sense. Do you know what I mean? Not, the math isn't mathing. <laughs> Their priorities are so all over the place. It's hilarious. It's not hilarious, actually. It's pretty terrible, but it's funny looking as, an, as someone who doesn't live in America. But I think I'd genuinely be terrified to live there. I don't know why. Like, I felt very unsafe when I was in America. The whole just there's something really, really eerie knowing that like everyone could just have a gun. Oh, and you're just walking around like terrified all the time. I mean, they're probably just used to it and don't even think about it. But that was really, really going through my head the whole time I was there. Next up, we are celebrating two countries eliminating the tampon tax. So the UK got rid of its 5% tampon tax on period products in January. In March of 2021, 
the Namibian government eliminated the country's 15% tampon tax on period products. Nental, 15%. As if tampons or any period products are deemed a luxury. Who in their right mind ever put that tax in place in the first place? Like, sorry, would you prefer we just bleed out everywhere we go? On the buses, at work, at school, at uni, just everywhere? Is that what you want? It's not a fucking luxury. Whoever made that up is actually out of their mind. And you can 100% bet if it was men that got periods, they'd be getting them for free. I I literally could put any amount of money on it. If it was men, they would get time off work and they'd get the products for free. I love that some places provide them now. Do you know when you go into a restaurant or cafes, toilets, or even just toilets at universities and just anywhere, I love when they provide them. I think it is a very nice touch. Right, I might sound crazy here, but this is what I think should happen. (laughs) Oh god, here we go. I think that everyone should be given when you're like, I don't know, when you're in high school or something, they should give every female a pair or two pairs, two pairs, I can go for two pairs, two pairs of period underwear and then there wouldn't be this whole issue with tampons being expensive and the tax, also then the waist. People always complain about them being unsustainable because of the waste. Period underwear isn't talked about enough and it needs to be because it's incredible. They actually sell them in Primark now, which I know isn't a sustainable place to shop, but for something like that that you're going to use over and over again, I don't think there's anything wrong with getting it from there. It's also a cheaper alternative because I know a lot of the period underwear ones online are pretty expensive, like 30 quid for a pair of pants. Get over yourself. Yeah, if you haven't heard of them before, they're literally just like pants and you just wear them and you don't need to change anything. You literally don't need to do anything. You just wash them. Well, you you like rinse them out and then you wash them with your clothes. How good? This is actually next on the list, very relevant to the last one, but France's universities started requiring free period products. So it's mandatory for all the universities to install free tampons and pad dispensers in campus health centres and dormitories. Oh, there was something else about France as well. Let me see. Oh yes, France also passed a measure to offer free contraception to to women under 25. Um, Apparently they were like getting too many unwanted pregnancies. And they kind of put it down to that age between leaving school and kind of establishing yourself and having a disposable income. Um, And in that time frame, when people are budgeting a lot more, they were not getting their normal methods of contraception, whether that be paying for the pill or the implant or whatever it is. And as a result, there there was too many unwanted pregnancies. So they've just made it so that you get it free now until you're 25. You all know what I'm going to say it, but I mean, <laughs> I just think contraception should be free all the time. Like if the government don't want to pay for a baby, then surely it's better off to provide contraception, no? Is that me being stupid? I got the fucking shock of my life when I had to pay for the pill when I was in Australia. I think it cost me like $90 for three months. Maybe it was a bit more than that, actually. I actually can't remember how much it was. I'm just making up figures again at this point. But yeah, I remember having to pay for it and being like, Jesus Christ, we don't know how lucky we are 
getting because also so we get our prescriptions for free in northern ireland but you know they don't get that in england you have to pay for like or you don't pay for the whole thing but you i don't know you pay like a cheaper price or something i don't really know how it works to be honest but i've never ever once paid for a prescription back home in belfast but i'm pretty sure you have to pay for them in england and probably in most other places we're very lucky i do just think though conception is one of those things like if they just provided that for free, it would cause, it would, would it not save them a lot of money in the long term? Do you know? Think of the amount of unwanted babies that wouldn't end up being abused or put up for adoption or, I don't know, just all these different scenarios or have, have to be like funded by the government because the person doesn't have enough money to pay for the baby themselves. Like, there's so many different reasons why it would be beneficial for the government to provide free contraception just an idea next one is another first woman prime minister and that was for estonia they elected their first woman prime minister last year nice one estonia (laughs) what am i saying (laughs) the dominican republic banned child marriage also why am i laughing it's actually not funny i just think it's ridiculous that there's places that don't have a ban on child marriage so there's Samoa also with its first female prime minister oh I think I read something about this and the the prime minister that was prime minister before this woman got elected tried to like overturn the whole thing and yeah I think he tried to basically be like no this is ridiculous a woman's not winning over me type of thing well obviously she did so he's dust now right this last one I read into it, but I I didn't really understand it. But basically, the world's richest countries, so the members of the G7, all agreed to send 4 million girls to school within five years. So obviously an incredible thing, you're helping women get into education. Therefore, those women are more likely to be out of poverty and they're less likely to face gender-based violence and discrimination. The thing I didn't understand, I just, like, four million girls from where and to school where? I don't know, it was just a little bit of a a blanket statement, you know? Four million girls to school within five years. Tell me more. (laughs) But I couldn't find any more about it. But yeah, it's still an amazing thing. If any of you follow Grace Beverly, the founder of Shreddy and Tala, you'll know that recently she landed, like, something crazy, like five million maybe I don't know if it's five million dollars or pounds but whatever it was five million something of funding for her for Tala I think she basically spent like weeks pitching to I don't really know how it works I'm not a businesswoman but anyway she was like pitching it's for like startup funds you know and um she came out of it with I think it was 5.7 million of funds to go towards Tala which is incredible and once she'd locked it in place then she spoke out about it and she was saying how only so in 2019 2.8% of funding went to women-led startups and in 2020 that fell to 2.3% it fell by 5% as if 2.8% wasn't already low enough how mad is that there's so much to that obviously that's not just about Okay, so there obviously is probably part of that is the funders aren't choosing to fund the women-led startups. But I would say maybe there also is a lot less women 
led startups in the first place pitching for the funding. And why is that? It's because there's a lack of representation. There's a lack of education and push for women to do that in the first place. When you don't see other women being CEOs and things like that, you're way less likely to aspire to do something that you don't see other people doing because it's a, it's hard to imagine yourself doing it if no one else like you is doing it. So yeah, I definitely think there needs to be a huge push for women just in business in general, from education and coaching to funding, even like incentives, like business mentoring, things like that. I was also reading about this really interesting study I would recommend you read it actually, especially if you're anyone that's, you know, looking to be in business or be an entrepreneur. It's called Why Diversity Matters. And it's basically just all about, it's a study done to show why a diverse team makes a better and more flexible and more profitable team, basically. I feel like it's pretty self-explanatory. Like the more diverse people you have on your team from young to old from having both men and women having people of diverse backgrounds and of different races I think it's pretty self-explanatory that a team made up of diverse people is obviously going to respond better to different needs if that makes sense they're going to be able to relate more to different generations and just different audiences and they're going to be less tone deaf they're going to pick up more on when there's gaps in the market or when something whether it be a campaign or a product isn't being as inclusive as it should be yeah I just think there's lots of little things as to why a diverse team makes a better team so yeah the study why diversity matters it says that Companies with the most gender diverse executive suites were 15% more likely to generate above average profitability compared to those that weren't. Also that companies that have higher degrees of racially and ethnically diverse employees have a 35% performance advantage over companies relying on a culture fit that tends to trend white and monocultural. So not only is a diverse team important for all those things that I said previously, it's also just profitable. (laughs) I mean, it makes complete sense, doesn't it? I actually recently listened to a really good TED talk where she also spoke about this study. It was called Why... I think I'm pretty sure it was called Why Having a Seat at the Table is No Longer Enough. Something along those lines. It came out on International Women's Day and it was a very good listen. I would highly recommend. So yeah, she spoke about that study as well and I thought it was very interesting. There actually are a lot of good TED Talks to do with feminism. So if you're kind of wanting to hear more than just from me chatting shit, (laughs) I would advise you looking into some of them. Another good one is Why We Should All Be Feminists. That's another TED Talk. So yeah, I highly recommend that you don't just listen to me because at the end of the day, I can't speak for everyone. I am a white middle class female with a lot of privileges that a lot of people don't have. I am by no means the most marginalised woman in society. So it's definitely important to get the perspectives of other women and listen to their voices and their struggles and understand where they're coming from. Because that's been a huge issue with feminism in the past is... 
I think it was like the second wave of feminism just completely denied that that there was any differences and that the oppression faced by women from men was the only oppression faced by women from men. It didn't take into account that, you know, a black woman would be racially oppressed as well as being gender oppressed. And where those two meet, that's why we now talk about intersectional feminism. So yeah, I strongly encourage you to go listen to whether it be some more podcasts of other women or some TED Talks, as I recommended, or even read some books about the topic. It's super interesting. And as I said at the start of the podcast, we still have heaps more to fight for because unfortunately misogyny is so deeply ingrained in our society today that, yeah, it's going to take a lot. I'm going to leave it there for this week's episode. I hope you enjoyed it. Thank you to all the incredible women in my life that constantly inspire and educate and motivate me on the daily. I love you all. And to all the women listening to this today, thank you so much for your support. It really means the world to me. Happy International Women's Day for last week. I hope you celebrated and if not, Make sure you celebrate yourself somehow, whether it be taking yourself out on a date or pouring yourself a big fat glass of wine, whatever you do, celebrate yourself, celebrate being a woman. I love you all. I will speak to you in the next episode. Bye. Ah, mmm. The first taste of rare bourbon you finally got your hands on. That's nice. At Caskers.com, we make this experience easy. Caskers is a one-stop spirit curator with an impressive selection of exclusive sought-after rare and household names in the realm of premium spirits and champagne. Discover the top flavors of the year now by going to caskers.com and using code WELCOME10 for $10 off your first purchase. Get $10 off your first purchase with code WELCOME10 at caskers.com.